0: Ladies and gentlemen, the three knockdown rule on UFC fight passes in effect. I'm Steve Kim, joined by my partner in crime, Mario Bud Lopez.
1: Hey. I don't even want to get into it yet. We're gonna get into it in a second. The reason I paused is because I was like a chick sliding into Crawford's DMs, and he actually responded and stuff. Wants to do the show. We're just trying to figure it out. So looking forward to that. But quick we'll shout out, out to Smoking Tim Frazier and Tino. Tino
0: on the edits. The bout sheet for today's show undisputed resides in Omaha, and in studio we're classing up the joint. Super Bass Anicia Estrada off her latest title victory joins us live and in person we have ask mario and final Flurries, but we want to give you a couple of commercial messages for the fine people that make this show happen folks the three knockdown rule is brought to you by the hustler casino it's our favorite la casino that is local and home of the most popular live
1: stream in the world a southern california staple since the year 2000 also uh shout out to our sponsor neighbor right here in hollywood oscar lopez from scout micro la no relation he offers a unique and innovative hair loss solution for men Known as SMT, basically it's hair restoration that replicates the exact size and shape of hair follicles. And what they do is tattoo tiny particles of the pigment into the scalp, so it gives the illusion of hair. It might sound a little bizarre, but actually looks incredible, especially if you rock a tight, short wig and you can see results as little as one treatment. Um, if you're losing your wig, you want to uh, restore hairline, makes it look thicker, or if you have like... Any sort of burn or skin condition that you want to camouflage, they can hook you up to use the highest qualities. So if you're going bald, looking for a new look, call our homies over at Scout Micro LA and you mention this ad and you get a free consult. If you're getting thin, he'll help fill
0: you in. That's All right. right. Now we get started. Round one from the T Mobile Arena. In Las Vegas on Showtime pay per view, <laughs> we have a new undisputed welterweight champion of the world, Terrence Bud Crawford dominates and decimates Errol Spence in nine. Mario, take it away.
1: I'm so mad that I couldn't be there in in person because I had to work over the weekend. I would have liked to have witnessed that piece of uh, history up close ringside there. Man, I don't even know where to begin. Top class, career-defining performance from Crawford just completely dismantled Spence round by round And look, we both picked Crawford to win, and I'll give you props because you actually almost called the round. I thought, so did a lot of people, um, thought it would be a lot more competitive than what it was. And I was trying to think about the big time matches over the years that we've been anticipating, whether it was the Pacquiao Mayweather or even Delahoya Trinidad or fill in the blank. I don't think it never, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, a big time match like this um especially when you had two undefeated fighters and for everything on the line, that we've ever had such a one-sided mm. beating. I, can you think of one? I was trying to think I of I do one. have a few. You do have a few? Yeah, well, and, um, well, not to deviate too far, yeah. up, but just I'm curious before we forget. Who? Right off the top of
0: my head, uh, and I've been at most of these fights. When Bernard Hopkins came in as a three and a half to one underdog against Felix Trinidad. Okay. That okay. was shocking. That, okay, also-
1: that, that's true, true. That still didn't have, that was almost, hold on, but that was almost still of like, people weren't going, oh, give me Trinidad Hopkins. For years, that just happened to be that he was working his way up into unify. Okay, so that that almost doesn't count, but okay, but that was a nice underdog performance. Go on. And, and a give couple me other
0: one. ones. Marco Antonio Brera just surprising everybody with the Trojan horse and outboxing Prince Nasim Hamed. I'll give that one. I'll give that one. I agree. Okay. And, and the final one in terms of being an upset, Manny Pacquiao against Oscar De La Hoya. That was a fight where people thought Pacquiao was being put into danger by Bob Arum. And in terms of the all-time greatest performance of exhibition of skill, speed, class, technique, uh, Floyd Mayweather against
1: Diego Corrales, those are the performances that come to mind. Yes, but even with that said, I still put this in a separate class because both of these fighters, undefeated, in their prime... Met, we would have liked to have met a few years earlier, but met really with Oscar. Oscar was already old when he fought Pacquiao. Weight range. With, Yeah, exactly. So you can make a case for all the fights you just mentioned, uh, even though they were those were all great fights. But for this being what it was, two undefeated fighters, putting everything on the line, really anticipated, talked about for about the last five years. Yeah. I was so impressed with the way Crawford, and mind you, he's 35, Seeing this dude at, I would think, his peak right now at 35 years old was so incredibly impressive. We know he lives a Spartan lifestyle. And I've always loved Crawford for many reasons because he's obviously so fundamentally sound. But he's just one of those dudes that looks like he was a born fighter. Can switch from southpaw. Started off from the southpaw. stance from the get. You almost forget. That's why that jab was so efficient and so it it was working so beautifully he wasn't just pawing I was like boom boom and he was putting it out there It was like a right hand he dropped him correct me if I'm wrong four times and with different punches a jab a right cross and a check and a hook yeah so he dropped him with an array of different punches and everything that Spence tried to do to mitigate that or to change it up when he tried to go on the inside he was caught with snappy punches on the inside and some bad body work and on the outside he was too slow and he was getting out jabbed Crawford was doing a great job cutting off the ring laying traps for him to get in there and he's the best finisher in the game I've always liked him because he's nasty he's mean but he's fundamentally sound he's a hard worker and he and I always thought he had just more dimensions to his game and to not take anything away from Spence this is a great fighter in Spence this is just a special generational talent when it comes uh, to Crawford. And then I think it was like in the seventh round when he had dropped him. Then my guy had the wherewithal so relaxed and so resent to talk crap to Charlo. And then I was like, dude, my dude's beating this dude so bad. He's talking smack about future opponents. It was a next level career defining performance that really put a stamp on him being not only the best welter, but last week when we were talking about uh, pound for pound uh, best fighters, I said, man it's going to be hard to beat anyway because he's. they're going to have to have some sort of emphatic knockout in dramatic fashion. Well, guess what?
0: And dominance. And
1: he, he did. He did all the... He had an emphatic knockout in dramatic fashion. And so... Going back to this whole mythical pound for one, I think he did enough, man, to kind of edge out, to edge out maybe Inouye. It's like 1A, 1B. I know this. There's Crawford. There's Inouye. Then there's a big gap between everyone else. Do you agree with that? I do.
0: Here's the issue with Crawford. One of his skills is his demeanor. He's the meanest
1: guy. His nickname should be the coldest. D-A Cold as ice. He should be Terrence cold as ice Crawford. But you know what? He's, but he's—he was so relaxed going into. It. He looked so confident when he was at the way in He was rapping out, and I'm like, "Oh, this dude! Well, this dude!" I ready thought to he dominated the work.
0: whole week, Mario. Let me just say this: Yes, I don't—I'm not a dime store psychologist. I'm not trying to be Sigmund Freud out there. But throughout the week, going all the way to the press conference to the weigh-ins, his demeanor was almost predatory. For some reason, Errol Spence looked very listless, and he looked almost docile.
1: Ken and you know I'm loving to see the clips where even five years ago he says y'all are gonna say he was too at this weight too long. And some more action now. You're I'm saying well of course, but I'm saying I'm telling you I'm gonna get, he was confident as of five years ago. And think about this. That's the only thing because you know Father Time is undefeated for him running through these divisions at his age, bro. That's impressive.
0: Mario, uh, you take a look at who was the stronger guy. Obviously, technically and fundamentally, you pointed out how he had the strategic advantage. And tactically, he fought a brilliant fight. Mm -hmm. But there was a problem for Errol Spence that even though he's the bigger, stronger guy, in theory, by the third, fourth round, he was getting bullied inside. And then when he started to come on his front foot, there's the problem. His head started to come out in front of his feet, and he's getting chopped up by the helicopter propellers on the counter punching. So, and the problem with Spence, he has that wide
1: stance problem with the wide stance is very simple. You cannot back up. You can not only I can mean, you not back up, you don't get enough torque on your punches. Yeah. So funny that you mentioned the wide stance because Bud changes his stance too. I don't know if you noticed that because I love, I love that Bud was a wrestler growing mm-hmm. up being a former wrestler and so you can't muscle him in the inside no. he's so his body he's he—he's one of like those country strong kind of yeah. dudes where like inside Mayweather's actually kind of like that too he's very strong inside not thudding with his punches but he's just kind of strong but is strong when you tr- you can't move him around and he's uh, supposed to be the smaller guy in there and Spence looked good at the weigh in and he looked big and strong and I don't know if it's just because of his um, the, his eyes just because the weather kind of set back but he did look a little drained to I me mean, I'm not trying to take any yeah. Away from Bud, but he did look a little drained. It would have probably been a little more to his credit had he moved up or maybe they fought 54. I don't know if it makes a difference. No. Steve. Well, how do, here's the
0: thing. How do you undo the punches and the beating that was administered on Saturday? There's an argument that could be made after the seventh round when he hit the canvas twice. Again, it's easy for me to say because I have nothing at stake. If I'm Derek James,
1: I would have pulled Errol Spence out of there. I agree. And. Credit to to um, Errol Spence for um, going out on a shield and for making it a fight. He didn't try to stink the joint out. He stayed in there. So I give props to him and Fulton, by the way, for this last week. Both those guys showed a lot of heart in staying in there when they were taken when they were taking a whooping. And I don't. And again, I don't want to take anything away from Errol or try to make any excuses with the weight this and that. I think Bud is just that good and showed that even at this tier, there there are levels. And he's a dude right now that. I, look, he's, he's 35. How long can this go? I don't know. He takes it's care young of himself. 35. He's a young 35. He takes care of himself. Oh, the reason I was saying with the wrestling, too, because I think it does mean a lot for the way he was able to kind of manipulate inside, because... Spence did try to make changes and they did the game plan did try to change when they were trying to box on the outside and he just could not parry that jab split he couldn't he, he didn't know what to do with that jab and he couldn't time it so he tried to get inside but Bud proved to be a lot stronger well, on the inside and started work and and uh Spence usually does a great body work Bud was beating him to the punch Mario
0: here's the issue with Bud Crawford I know people that have tested him I know people that have worked with him physically they'll tell you that his strength is off the charts. And you look at the way he can use his body. At times, it's as loose and flexible like a rubber hose. And other times, it's as tough and as strong as a steel crowbar. Hmm. He's the most versatile, adaptable fighter in the sport. Now, my understanding is this afternoon on a Monday when we're filming the three knockdown rule, Errol Spencer said, hey, I want the rematch, but I want it at 54. Keep this in mind. There is a rematch clause. He has 30 days to enforce it, but the winner of the fight has the the right to say which weight class. Let's say it's at 54. I still believe that Crawford would significantly be the better fighter because there's one thing that cannot change, the speed. Say what you want about Errol Spence. He's a very good fighter, but he's very methodical and he's a bit one speed. I think the old-timers would label him a bricklayer. Brick by brick, he just builds something. Doesn't have what I'd call (laughs) one-punch concussive power and Crawford has the ability to change tempo and speed and he's a much twitchier athlete whether you fight at 47
1: or 54 Mario I don't think that aspect changes well I disagree with he he doesn't have the power look at Spence's record he has how many knockouts no I'm talking about one punch power no 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 right one what? punch Whatever it takes, he's got what a ninety percent knockout ratio, right? right? So when you are elusive as Crawford, you really. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Crawford. I'm talking about in general. He can punch. He can punch. And I think if he if he goes to fifty four, he'll have his legs under him, and he'll be a much better fighter. Do I think it'll matter with Crawford? No. What I noticed was the, hot, the harder Spence tried and the more he changed it up, he Uh-oh. was met he was met with sharp counters. My dude was countering beautifully in there. He was met with sharp counters and he was just getting caught. And it was a good stoppage by the ref. I thought they could have stopped it uh, in the seventh. But, you know, tip of the hat for him to go out on his shield like that. Dominant. Impressive, impressive performance. Yes, tip performance. of the hat to Harvey Dock. He's an excellent referee. Yeah, he He's one of the job.
0: one of those guys that I trust in a big fight setting. And yeah, Mario, we talk about the residual damage. Mm. Not only obviously something psychological happens when you get beat like that, and it's your first loss. Here's a young man, and Errol Spence had been so sturdy and strong. He hit the deck three times. The other thing is, it was striking to see him get first bloodied, and then his face swole up. And there's pictures out there now. People are comparing to that classic episode of Martin. When Martin Lawrence faced Tommy Hearns, yeah. and he, he sta- got all lumped up, he
1: started getting bloody. What is it, the second or second, third? Second yeah, round. he was starting to get that jab. Wow. Well, because again, he's conventional, so his lead hand is his jab was coming out, and he did. You couldn't even tell. That's yeah. the thing. The, uh, much like how De La Hoya stayed um, fighting conventional, even though he's southpaw. That's why that jab and that hook yep. was so straight. I, with 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 Bud, I guess he just figured, okay, from the get, I'm going to start as a southpaw, which makes it even more impressive.
0: You know what's interesting is that what I respect about Inouye and Crawford is, is that if you actually look at them from five years ago to now, they were still elite then. They've actually gotten better. They have continually evolved this skill set of theirs. Inouye's actually better at transitioning from offense to defense and defense to offense. He's much more difficult to hit in the the upper body because his torso movement has been improved since the fight with Donaire. You look at Crawford. He is now punching clean through the knuckles. He's actually a better, more precise puncher than he was five years ago. he's got
1: all knockouts the welterweight division. Mm-hmm. But it's a trip when you think about it because I was thinking about it. I go, did Avanisian and Benavidez have a better showing than Errol Spence? Maybe. I know Mean Machine did. Yeah. That's what Iaskus. I'm saying. That's why I think this victory, not the victory, the 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 fashion of the victory and the way it happened, yep. the dominant fashion, that's why I think it's so surprising. Because, and not like he struggled, but at the same time, those were at least... Competitive at moments. Motivation. At this can point, do a lot. It did, you're in level of caliber. There's like football teams that certain play to the caliber of their opponent, right? Yeah. Maybe Crawford's one of those guys right there. And one other factor you take
0: a look at the two losers. Now, who the guys that didn't win past weekend or week in big fights? Stephen Fulton was coming off about a 13 month layoff, mm. Errol Spence was coming off about a 15 15- to 16 month layoff. Yeah, that didn't help. I'm going to say this again it's not everything, but it's something. Say it with me, kids. Activity matters. And when you are facing guys like Inoue and Bud Crawford who are absolute knives, you better be prepared and have some callus. Callus in your body, callus in your face, and you better be sharp. Because those guys were a step behind. Think about the pure dominance of both guys. I agree.
1: However, the flip side of that coin, someone would say, well, then again, you're running the risk of maybe losing and blowing that big payday. Right? You're absolutely right. So it's like one of those, I remember... It was a Mexican dude, the heavyweight. He had a big payday. Alex Garcia. Alex Garcia. You know who I was talking about? He was going to fight George Foreman. And he got beat by Mike the Bounty Hunter. Exactly. And he blew a big payday. It was something like, I remember you told me like an
0: $8 million payday. Well, no, no. Mm-hmm. Tommy Morrison had a fight that was all lined up for millions of dollars. He got beat by Michael Bent. Exactly. So it, you're right. So, there there, is so a you know risk. what I mean?
1: There is a certain there is a yeah. certain like risk reward and you, you want to stay sharp and Look, it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to call, but I don't know if it would have mattered. To be you're honest right, with cause you, you're facing Ken. elite guys. You're, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it would have mattered in this particular case. So, how far can he go? How high can he go? Fifty four. Here, I think that's the last frontier. Look, do you favor him against Zoo and Charlo right now? Based, I think I say yes.
0: And let's just put it this way: he wouldn't be an underdog. I think it's at least 50-50 with anybody at 54-47. to Yeah. I actually believe that stylistically his toughest fight athletically also is Boots Ennis. But I don't know if Boots is ready to dive into the middle of the Atlantic Ocean quite yet. Yeah. As much as I like him.
1: Yeah, but if he were to go right now, I would have to favor him against Zoo. Not that they'd be easy fights, but favor him against Zoo um and charlo more on the charlos yeah a little bit later a little all right bit later. we
0: come back look we're going to break for uh, commercial messages from our fine ads uh sponsors and in studio a very special guest super bad Estrada joins mario lopez and i on the three knockdown rule This podcast is sponsored by L.A.'s very own Hustler Casino, home of the most popular streaming show, Hustler Casino Live, which will be celebrating two years on August the 3rd. And make sure to vote for up to nine of your favorite poker players for the epic all-star game on August 9th. Go to hustlercasino.com forward slash all-star to vote and we're back on the three knockdown rule on ufc fight pass hey folks if you'd like to get involved with the three knockdown rule and sponsor our fine program hey we still have some slots available please reach out to us by emailing info at boxbid.io once again that's info at boxbid.io boxbid.io is an online platform that is launching soon that helps public figures and professionals in the world of boxing get sponsorships we are proudly working
1: with boxbid.io really excited to uh, announce the WBA and WBC minimum weight champion, uh, my girl Senicia Estrada, super bad, super bad. How are <laughs> you, boy? Thank you. Great to see you, Senicia. Congratulations. Uh, really wish I could have been there on Friday night, but you did your thing and looked uh, looked really good. Was the fight tougher than you expected?
2: Um, I made it tougher than it should have been, just because physically I felt at like forty percent. Um, Why is that? My um my weight cut was not the easiest. Um, yeah. And I just felt dehydrated uh, before after weigh-in and um, during the fight. So my body just wouldn't allow me to do certain things that I should have done. And um, yeah, I mean, I one thing about my style is that I can adjust very quickly. Um, and I have a great trainer who told me what adjustments to make. And I was able to make those adjustments. And I mean, there's not many fighters who can make adjustments in the middle of the fight towards the end of the fight. And I'm just, I'm just grateful that with my style, I'm able to make adjustments to.
1: Was the weight cut uh, ever an issue before? Or why do you think this time?
2: Uh, no, the weight cut has ne- weight has never been an issue for me, um, which is why I thought it would be easy this time. My last fight, uh, my last uh, f- fight for my um, WBC and WA titles, I used my perfecting athlete nutritionist and everything was smooth. Everything was great. Um, I used them this time, but I just didn't have them as involved and mm. I didn't have them there fight week. So um, I, I just started my weight cut to a little a little too late. And uh, first time I ever experienced uh, feeling dehydrated, uh, talking very slow kind of slurring my words and I tried my best to not show it um during the fighter meetings and um during fight day as well I still felt that way but um hey live and you learn and next camp I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I have uh perfecting athletes with me throughout the whole camp throughout fight week and make the weight cut
1: night yeah people don't know if they've never cut weight before it is like oh my it's sometimes worse than the fight (laughs) <laughs> when you have to, uh, right? Yeah. When you have to cut that way, it is awful. Right. And if yeah, and if you struggle or if you uh, for some reason don't do it the proper way you're supposed to, it could be really, really draining. You're right.
0: So all three scorecards over Leonello Udica: ninety seven, ninety three. and when I'm watching this fight, I felt like ninth round, like you need to win these. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, thinking was really tight. What was your fe- gut feeling as a fighter? You're in there, you see things differently. Dean Campos is telling you, hey, this is kind of tough. What were your thoughts?
2: Yeah, you, I mean one thing about Dean you know him he will not lie to me about what round I'm losing I go back to the corner he's after the second round you lost that round um I believe maybe somewhere in the sixth seventh round you lost that round um but he never made me feel as if I have to go out there and just kind of um be stupid and just you know kind of and 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 let my hands fly. He wanted me to just stay smart and continue to, um, feint her, let her counter, let let her throw so I can counter with the hook. I mean, um, he knew, he knew something was off. So he did his best to make sure that he gave me the proper instructions to make those little adjustments. And yes, me being, me being a champion, um, and just the fighter in me and having so much heart, I knew that I had to go out there that ninth round and that 10th round and just let the judges know that I'm, uh, I'm in the fight and I, I'm going to take the win.
0: You know, Sinisi, I've never seen you get hit that much. In the second round, she's very crafty, though. She's kind of catching you right at the mid-range as you're pulling out. And, and she was tough. I mean, she was really tough. And it was it was really surprising not only to see you get hit that much, mm-hmm. but you have a little mouse under your eye, which is probably why you're wearing do, dark yeah. glasses. <laughs> when you looked in the mirror and you saw yourself, you're like, oh, like does a female fighter feel differently about getting lumped up or having a blackened eye <laughs> compared to, you think, a male fighter?
2: I mean, I I don't I don't care. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care the the lumps on my face and uh, any other injuries I have uh, because of the fight doesn't doesn't bother me. I mean, I, part of the uh, part of the fight it's, game. it's part of it. Yeah, if I was yeah. worried about how my face looked after, then I wouldn't be a fighter. But so. you have an issue with your
0: finger too. I do. Show yes. that.
2: Um, oh, I have an issue with uh, my finger. So during this the second round of the fight, I, I um, injured my index finger, which has been an issue for a few years now, um, something that I just kind of always fought through, I always trained through. Um, I remember maybe during my seventh pro fight, seventh, eighth, and ninth pro fight, I kind of fought with one hand in those fights because it's just an injury that I've just been fighting through. But um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna- Is it gonna
1: require surgery?
2: I hope not. I'm seeing a hand specialist on Wednesday. Mm. Uh, I did find out yesterday that I have minor arthritis. Um in my finger. So, okay. um besides that, I'll find out what else is wrong on Wednesday. But I mean it's hey, after twenty years of boxing, some, something something uh, something's gonna develop yeah. in these hands. So you're, you're getting off easy after all that <laughs> yeah, time. Right but there. have you have
1: you watched the Fight Back on TV? Yet? I
2: haven't watched the Fight Back yet, no. But like you said, Steve, at first I, I never get hit that much, but because my body physically just didn't feel hundred percent, I, I couldn't do that's like that's the worst feeling for a fighter, I think, is like you're, I, I know what my game plan was. My mind was telling me to throw at certain times, but your body, your legs, and your hands just Can't won't a, doesn't yeah. The reaction wasn't there, so my timing was off. That's why when you're saying that, she was able to counter me with one punch from the outside because I was pulling hmm. straight back. That's what my trainer was telling me towards the end of the, the middle of the rounds and the end of the fight, do not pull straight back. When you're close to her, stay low so her punches come over your head and then come out. Um, so that's the adjustment that I made. So once I did that, her punches started kind of going over my head, but that's something that I should have. Um, Is it true
0: though? Uh, fighters talk about this and they've told me this. Steve, I saw punches coming. It was just one of those nights I couldn't get out of the way. Yeah. Did you go through that?
2: It's one of those one of those nights. Yeah. One of those nights where I, I just didn't, I couldn't do anything that I wanted to do physically. And it's, it's it's extremely frustrating, but you have to have, if you have a strong mentality like I do, those are fights that you can get through still and, 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 and still come out a champion and show why you're a champion is fights like that. So um, overall, you know, I Dean was, he was happy. He was like, you know what, you know why I'm happy? Because I know that a fight like this is something that a lot of fighters can't get through, and they can't make adjustments. And you did that. And going into the next fight, you know, every, everything is going to be totally different. I'm going to feel, um, I'm going to feel better, normal.
1: Good for you. Speaking of the next fight, um, you called out Yocasta Valle. She she came into the ring. She, of course, has the other two titles. Um, and y'all were uh, y'all were going back and forth a little bit <laughs> right there. Uh, did you know her? Is there a history, or it's just the fact she's got the other two titles and you want them? <laughs>
2: I mean, I've been wanting to fight her for, it's been a few years now. I mean, I I remember going into the office with Robert Diaz and telling him, giving him a list of champions and where they were from, and she was on the list. And uh, Robert Diaz says, I don't know who that is. And I said, well, contact her team because she has one of the bouts that I want. So they contacted her and um, for whatever reason, couldn't make the fight happen. So we had reached out to them previously. And then when um, around the time that I was leaving Golden Boy, they were about to sign her but they were going to sign her because their plan was to have us fight but then i left golden boy promotion so now they still have her so you know it's it's um well, it's uh, it's pretty it's, it's a pretty personal fight that's for sure because mm. her trainer used to be Friends of mine and my father since I was a kid. Oh, used to be. And, uh, oh. Used to be. Oh, used so to there be. is
1: some history.
0: No, like there's uh, a lot of history. She, she called out the trainer, the manager, Golden Boy. <laughs> I think she called out all of Costa Rica. This thing is very personal, but here's the thing. You talked about this earlier, Sinicia. You talked about or you detailed, you were with Golden Boy, and you, you know that this business can be petty. So, do you believe that Golden Boy, even if this is her greatest payday by far and the greatest opportunity, Okay, and you are now headlining shows on ESPN. Are you afraid or fearful that Golden Boy will allow business to become very personal personal, and not allow Yocasta Valle to fight you?
2: Uh, yes, we were, we were actually, we reached out to them and sent an offer for this date to fight her. But um, Golden Boy responded and said that um, they didn't, like, that they couldn't make the fight happen right now. They had other plans for her. So um, that's basically um, okay. I, mean, I don't. I don't want to say too much. But no, I don't.
0: I'll say it for you though. But uh, my belief is this: no one has ever signed with a promoter who says, "You know what? Your biggest paydays? We're not going to allow you to have them. You're not yeah. doing your job." Then I, I look. If Golden Boy, we're friends with theirs. I'll, I'll say it. Do your job. You owe it to buy via. Unless, unless, and I say this: unless your other options, if you have any, are going to pay her as much as this fight. That's the problem I have with boxing. You got to grow up once in a
1: while and let the fighters fight. That's my view of it. Well, absolutely, because you're doing them a disservice otherwise. So, in in your mind, that would be the next fight that you'd like to have.
2: Uh, In my mind, that's the next fight that I want to have. Hopefully, they, um, hopefully they make it happen. I mean, And,
1: and if for some reason they she's tied up and maybe it can't be next, but maybe after that, who who would you like to face? If her, who? Um,
2: so if this fight doesn't happen next, then I mean, I'm not going to wait around for her. I'm going to go move up a weight class and become a unified champion there or undisputed champion there because um, I can uh, make very good money and have big fights with or without Yacosta. I mean, fighting her would be great because I want to be undisputed. But if um, if that doesn't happen next, I, I don't want. it's a slow me down. It's not going to slow me down.
0: You do expect to fight at least one more time this year, right?
2: Yes, definitely.
0: So this is interesting. Uh, The weekend of Loma against Devin Haney, I see her and she's relaxing, enjoying a good time. And it was just kind of announced or was going to be announced that you had this date this past weekend. (laughs) <laughs> and a week later, it's like we got good news. Senicia, so you got a date. You're headlining. The bad news, all of a sudden, it's Crawford against Spence. <laughs> yeah. Now I know you're a boxing fan. You're in the media. I know you like. You're excited like everyone else to have that fight happen. Was there a party that said, "Oh, jeez"? But on that weekend, how was uh, it dealing with that?
2: Yeah. So my fight was supposed to be the 29th on the same day. Yeah. The top rank was like, "Well, there's no way we could compete with <laughs> yeah. Spence Crawford." So the Palms Casino was willing to move the fight to the 28th. Which, um, I mean. Made for a of fun course. weekend. Yeah, yeah, made for a fun weekend. And, and at least um, there was a great media turnout and fans were still able to show up who were already there for Crawford fight and Crawford and Spence fight. So, I mean, it worked out. I, I'm just happy that Top Rank was giving me the opportunity to, to headline. I mean, who would have thought we we would see this in women's boxing where women are now headlining?
1: A payday is a payday. Yeah, it, it is. It's nice to see both in uh, women's boxing and women's MMA, ladies yeah. are really taking it up a notch. So now, obviously, you take a little time off, you heal, and, and you focus. What what, uh, what do you like to do when you're just chilling now? Yeah, I know you don't just let yourself go, <laughs> let go and you put on a bunch of weight. Uh, you're always yeah, no, I
2: mean, just just um. Spend time with family. That's kind of something that I don't really get to do during camp. So spend time with family and just enjoy that. I mean, um, there's there's a, a lot of more important things other than boxing. That's like, that's family. So, yeah.
1: Hey, speaking of which, last time I was here, I was busting your chops because I was trying to get into your personal life. Oh, yes, you <laughs> oh, were. There yes. We yes, here we go. And you were being all shady. I didn't <laughs> even know you had someone. You, can we talk about this?
2: I'd rather not. Yeah. You'd rather not? Come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: So you're spoken for though now.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay, that's good. We can talk
1: about that. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank Not them. just dating. It's serious. More serious. <laughs> no, yes. Look at Kim that. just moves on and oh, shit. Yeah, thank you, Kim. want to know this. Come on. Congratulations. That's that's important because, you know, life's all about balance. Yeah. So it's a, you can't have all just work and stuff. So. Yeah,
2: yeah, you're right. Uh, balance is great. and Being happy is great. By
1: the way, when you have that part of your life sort of kind of handled and settled, that's more energy you can pour towards other stuff. Because it exactly. can be distracting otherwise. Or yeah. you'll be whoring it up like Kim will here. Oh, yeah, right. No, but uh, the, yeah, I wish. But <laughs> Anisha, how much longer do you
0: want to do this, though? Given the fact there's chapters in life, and you've said I've done this for a while. And you know, look, you went through a situation where you didn't feel that great this weekend. Yeah. All of us get older. That's just the reality. You can. It's it's an inevitable climb. How have you thought about the fact that hey, I'm I'm much closer to the end in the beginning of my career?
2: Um, I mean, I think physically, I still have, I can still have many more years left just because of my fighting style. I've never really taken a beating. I mean, my last fight was the most I've got hit in um, out of my professional career. So I think physically I have a lot left in me. I can go for as long as I want, but mentally, um, I, I feel like I don't I, I don't have much left. Also, you know, there watching. is some fatigue, at least mental <laughs> no, fatigue. No, I, mentally, I'm just not, I just think... Um, once my contract with with Top Rank is over, I'll I'll be I'll be able to accomplish everything I want to accomplish within those years, yeah. and be happy with with moving on. I mean, you have fun I,
1: uh, doing the broadcasting and stuff, right? That's something you want to do more of.
2: Love doing broadcasting. Want to get into acting. I feel like. Um, no. There's just there's just so many other things that I know I'm capable of doing outside of the ring and you can be a wife and I can be a wife a mom yeah I'll be a mom too Good. yeah definitely oh see see so, that's the
1: important stuff right there yeah
2: and I think honestly those those eleven months that I was out of the ring um after we want
1: to talk about who you're with. <laughs> I
2: Mario, I think it's cool. Uh, <laughs> all
1: right, next time you're gonna come talk about who you're with.
2: Okay, next time I. Will. All right, deal. All right, all right. Breaking news because I think it's cool. <laughs> Thank you. All
1: right, all right. So, Sunisa you are um, a boxer.
0: I want to get your perspective. What did you they think of, of Crawford like Spence? <laughs> Just watching it as a fan, you didn't actually go to the fight, which surprised me because you were in the city. What do you think yeah. of the fight?
2: I thought it was it was great. It was the uh, I thought it would be more competitive. I did, um, and I bet on Spent. I mean, I bet on Crawford to win by unanimous decision, and um, he he didn't. He did much, much, much better than I even expected him to do. Um, uh, Crawford. I mean, Crawford did much better than I expected him to do. Um, Spence didn't um he just he couldn't make any adjustments about the fight in any round he kind of fought the same the same way you can't go in there against a guy like Crawford and just continue to fight the same way and I thought Crawford was gonna box and move more because I thought spence's power and pressure would be a little too much for him and that wasn't even the case Sp- yeah. uh, Crawford was, he was, was a bully in there was a bully in there Crawford was staying right in there and even pushing him back so that was something that I didn't even expect do
0: you think Errol went through a little bit of what you went through though because he's been at 47 his whole career mm.
2: i i think he was
0: a little drained i'm saying it's a variable i'm not trying to make excuses because I, I back crawford big yeah. did you see a fighter that kind of maybe needed to move up in weight
2: um it, it could be he could have felt that way but honestly no matter what weight class if they rematch whatever weight class it's at um crawford crawford will win again
1: mm. yeah. yeah look i think um uh, Spence moving up I think that we saw the last of him as, as as a welterweight. I don't know if I'd take that fight right away to be honest with you depending on how much money's on the table obviously. You, you I might. think that's the clause though, Mario. I think it's an immediate rematch though. Oh, well then. That's the thing. Well I mean, then, and I'm sure it's a significant figure. Well then, then you got to take it but I look, I don't I don't think um much would change but I do think he'd have his legs under him a little bit more and maybe it wouldn't be as much of an assault. Lopsided? It wouldn't be as yeah, lopsided. Then, maybe then it'd be a little bit more competitive. And then if you're going to take that for that significant figure, then it might be. Keep this in
0: mind. Even Crawford said, hey, 47 is not a walk in the park for me either. People always forget that other guy gets the benefits
1: of the seven pounds, too. Wait, Craw- yeah. Crawford struggles to make 47? He actually because he was 40 for a long time. That's right. why I'm so impressed. Like, but
0: look, he's now 35. And if you yeah. said to him, hey, Terrence, you could put on seven more pounds, you could probably eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner right before the oh, weigh-in. Yeah. He's <laughs> a strong
1: kid as it is, dude. So, yeah. I, no, like I said, I favor him again, against everyone in, at 54.
0: So, Nisi, I've never asked you this. Who are the current fighters you enjoy watching, male or female?
2: Uh, current fighters I enjoy watching. Canelo, of course. Um, in a way, I've, I've gotten into him a lot recently. I think he's um him, him and Crawford are definitely pound for pound best right now for mm-hmm. sure. And like you said, Mario, there's a wide gap in between. I feel like there sometimes it shouldn't even be a pound for pound list because mm-hmm. there's nobody else that none of these other fighters really can compare and be that close to Crawford and and, 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 and in a way. In, a way. in a way yeah.
1: Yeah, no it is but, um, uh it is uh interesting. And um Sanicia, "Do you Go, when do you go back to the gym? Like how much time do you give your body a break before you start training again?
2: I'm going to take a few weeks off and then get back into it. Um, heal this heal, heal this finger, but I'll be training while I'm healing it. And um, Oh, wow. Yeah. I That's, just like that's a real lifestyle. You no, know, like it is. It. No, it is a
0: lifestyle. And yeah. I, I've had fighters tell me in private, right around her age, that Steve, I've done this since eight. Yeah. I mean, you could almost like feel the weariness in their voice well, when they, they say
1: it, it. it. Not even so much the training. Correct me, but it's the weight cut. It's well, just, you get tired. No, she looked, I mean, she right. looks great, but you see all these fighters where they balloon up yeah. all the time. It's because they're just sick yeah. of cutting weight and they yeah. doesn't want to eat. And so like you're making up for lost time.
2: Yeah. And I think for me, like you said, I started boxing when I was eight. So I didn't just start boxing when my professional career began. Right. I've been doing this since I was eight. Like that takes yeah. so much out of you physically sure. and mentally. And, um, and, yeah, sometimes mentally I'm like, oh, man. Like, you know, I've had a lot. lot
0: of fighters tell me, go, Steve, you don't understand what I went through. And I said, like, what do you mean? He goes, Steve, I never got to go to a prom. I never got to go to dances. I was at tournaments. My father wouldn't <laughs> let me. Or I couldn't go out on regular dates. Or even at birthday parties, I couldn't eat cake. These are a lot of sacrifices that people make that decide to get into this realm. Sunisi do you ever feel as though you missed out on any part of your childhood or young adulthood because of the profession you chose?
2: Um. Yeah. When I, when I was a kid and teenager, I didn't really think about it. I was homeschooled in high school because I was always traveling to tournaments oh. and always missing school because of that. So homeschool was the best option for me. So, um, I didn't, I didn't go to prom. I didn't, I didn't go to home homecoming. I didn't do all those things. So, oh. um, but I was, I was happy fighting at the time. I'm like, I don't care. Like, you know, I'm doing what I love, but as I gotten older and now I think about it, I'm like, oh man, it kind of sucks that I didn't get to experience those things.
1: They're overrated, don't worry about it. <laughs> I did. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> Hey, so when you get married? Oh, jeez. <laughs> you got a date or no? Uh, I, I want to apologize to I can't control Next this. Next year? Game. Next year, yeah. You're going to have a big one or a little one?
2: Uh, small, small, small.
1: Small, Okay, small. good. She's a traditionalist. Good. Come on. <laughs> okay. Boy, okay. oh, you're, oh, just, you're terrible. Now. You're terrible. To <laughs> me, I'm happy for. Her. Good <laughs> for you. you. No, good no, for just, you. This is the torture tape. i the hot seat right Coming in like this.
2: Oh my like
1: God. There. Come on. Can't people like to know this stuff? I'm happy for Yeah, inquiring I like minds. I don't want care what to you know. say about her. I think she's cool.
0: Anyway, Sunicia, best of luck with that. I hope your finger heals up. just want you to know uh, I don't know if you're going to accept this uh, invite, but you're invited here anytime. Thank you. I don't you. know if you want to go across this guy again. Good. <laughs> hey, we sparred
1: together. That's why she beat me up that day. Yeah, you know, I don't cause... blame her, by the way. <laughs>
0: Punches next time. But anyway, Sunicia, we always enjoy having you here. Thanks again, once again, for your time. Thank Thanks you so much for yeah. having me.
2: Next, next time I'm on, I'll, re- I'll reveal some more stuff. Oh, yes. I love nice. more personal stuff. See, Kim? Peeling back L-T-M. the uh, I got to do it slowly. That, that way you guys have me slowly.
1: back on. Exactly. <laughs> the, like the, the silence, you all. <laughs> the super bad chapters here on the
0: three knockdown rule. All right, when we come back, we'll have Ask Mario and Final Flurries on the three
1: knockdown rule on UFC Fight Pass. Shout out to our boy Oscar Lopez, no relation, from Scalp Micro LA. His company offers a unique and very innovative hair loss solution for men. They specialize in a pigmentation known as SMP. Basically, it replicates the exact shape and size of hair follicles by tattooing little particles of pigment into the scalp, giving the illusion of hair. Don't trip. It's actually very realistic. You can see the results in as little as one treatment. They create and restore hairlines, give the appearance of density to thinning hair. So if it's starting to go, it'll look a little thicker. If you're going bald or you're just looking for a new uh, look this summer, check out our homies over at Scout Micro LA and mention this ad for a free consult. All
0: right, we want to thank super Superbad Estrada for joining us in studio. She's very cool.
1: Quit stopping me when I'm asking her about her personal life. You know what? I, I to, know she likes it.
0: You know what? I had to send her to the burn unit because she was on the hot seat. I mean, my God, Mario. People want to know. She, people like to know. It's like an you know she's a fighter, here.
1: but people like her. You know, I just you got to apologize. You don't to like all that. So if she, you like chicks,
0: Steve, you, you would understand. You know what? I like kid. her. <laughs> she, 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 she's a lovely young lady. She deserved better I than do. that. But anyway, all let's right. get to the Ask Mario segment <laughs> of the 30 Knockdown Rule. Here's one from Fanny Merchant, a loyal fan of ours. Ask that Hallmark movie channel heartthrob Mario Lopez (laughs) if Usyk... If Usyk becomes undisputed at heavyweight, does he take back pound-for-pound pound number one status? Uh, that jump from cruiser to heavy is the biggest weight jump in boxing. That's a pretty legitimate
1: point there. It's a great question. And number one, it is not Hallmark. It was lifetime player. Oh, yes. but, uh, Same uh, take thing. It, it, Same take thing. it easy. I'll throw this cup at your head <laughs> like Cardi B did with the microphone. on that. <laughs> um, You know, going back to, um, to the list. So... Okay, and this is all, you know, mythical, da, da, da. We already discussed Crawford, and then Inoue 1A, 1B, and then the gap, right? I think I'd still have to put Usyk as number three, him and Tyson Fury. But Even I, if he beats Fury, though? That's the question. Pardon. What if he beats Fury? Uh, oh, that I, cha- I'm glad you brought that, that up. That kind of changes I'm things. glad you brought that up. If he beats Fury... Uh-huh. Dude, <laughs> you gotta... An argument could be made that he could be number one, considering that they... I Come mean, on. he's giving up 40 pounds. Bro, I mean. not only... No, but for, he started off as a cruiser. Yes. Then to go up... No, or light heavyweight. Then Bro. to go cruiser, then to go heavyweight. Well, he was cruiserweight th- yeah, to begin cru- with. Yeah, cru- fine. But he... If he's able to beat Fury, yes, I think so. I think you have to start putting him number one. Let me ask you this, along those same lines, and we didn't even talk about that, better be yet with his jaw situation. We need to talk about that. Let's assume it's healed. this and that and the fight against him and Beavall get made. If he were to knock out Beavall, okay? Mhm. And now he's got 100% knockout ratio, all of his opponents and he just beat someone who was also on the pound for pound list cuz I have Beavall yeah. up there too. If he were to knock out Beavall, where do you put him? Top 3 or 4. He's you up- still don't put him up there. If he were to do Clinton and knock out Beavall with 100%. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You literally Excuse can't. Me. Wow. Who's this Beavall guy? Does he fight? I said, let's assume they get together and they fight, Kim. Honestly, you, you wouldn't
0: mean, put him— Well, now it's Dimitri Bolivian, as Mike Tyson would say. That What a waste.
1: I agree. What's I'm that- saying all that aside. Let's assume the, the fight winner, happens The and winner of B-Vol. that fight,
0: B-Vault or better BF, no, but, but would be in my top out, four.
1: Not just—it yeah, knocks him out. God, you, it's hard, huh? <sighs> it's a
0: tough, tough one because we're going to the elite yeah. of the elite because, again, me and you have a theory here on the three knockdown rule. There's not a t- top ten pound for pound— Basically a Mount Rushmore. It's about four or five guys exactly. generally. Well, he gets on the Mount Rushmore. Yes, right? he does.
1: He gets on the Mount Rushmore. But I gotta say, if Usyk beats Fury, oh
0: man, that bro, there's no achievement anyone else can do in boxing that would top that, given the Bec- weight disparity. And he the beat truth.
1: Joshua. And he beat Ooh, Fury. You're do, right. He beat Joshua. Ooh, no, no, you got. Oh my God, hmm. an argument can be made. The right? only guy he'd have to beat now to com- complete
0: the whole thing, Wilder. That's an interesting fight. But again, if he beats Fury, I would I would actually say, you know what? You might be top dog there. No yeah. one else is beating somebody
1: 35, 40 pounds bigger than them. That's the reality. And, and he went up a weight class already that was not his natural weight class to do it. And on the heels of beating Joshua. Him and... Better be if he knocks out b would be the only guys that I put up there. Not
0: yes, much more. Um, the masses meant uh, with Bud's dominant performance. I think the best version of Bud beats the best version of Pacquiao. Bud's got the size skill and timing to beat Pacquiao, which is why Marquez bothered Pacquiao because
1: of timing. Could the best Bud beat Floyd Mayweather? Well, let me go. Let me address the Pacquiao thing for a second. First of all, what was so impressive about Pacquiao with his whole career is he fought most of his big money fights at welterweight, he's not even a welterweight. That's what's crazy. He always weighed in like three pounds less. He's really a lightweight at 135, so I don't think that's a fair comparison. That's what makes it all the more impressive. That's why he's on my Mount Rushmore fighters because of what he was able to... All time. Yeah. Because Hmm. of the way he was able to the fashion in which he won his fights and because of his his victories. Dude, when he beat the crap out of Margarito, I was at that fight. Margarito looked literally twice the man. And, he, and Margarito's a hard-hitting... Margarito, I saw him rip a dude's ear off one time with Sebastian a punch. Lujan. Yes, exactly. Remember when he ripped yeah. his ear off with an overhand right? He boxed his ears off? Can you say that? Literally, anywhere Literally. <laughs> so... I, and the fact that he pretty much br- broke his face, his orbital bone, yeah. and the fact that he was able to win these fights and out of his weight classes, So because really Pacquiao should have been a lightweight, and I've talked about this with Freddie. He said he could have gone had He stayed in lightweight as the best lightweight ever, and I honestly believe that. So when you say Tar- Crawford at 47 and Pacquiao at 47, Pacquiao wasn't even a real 47-pounder in my mind to be made that fair comparison. Now, Mayweather is fair. Ooh, I thought about that. Oh, I kind of like that. I don't know what his defense, obviously. I know how we uh, Crawford's a much more entertaining fighter, but Mayweather's defense is still the, uh, considered up there the, uh, the best and his timing and the way he nullifies it would be. But God, the adjustments Crawford makes his ability to switch his ability it to switch it. And mind you, this is a 35 year old Crawford. What's the prime Crawford? What's prime? I mean, so uh, I mean, you
0: know what I mean? Are we looking
1: at? It I right haven't now? seen an
0: unprime one. Well, that's what I'm I saying. Mean,
1: so you take a 35 year old. I'll tell you this: I'll take a 35 year old Crawford over a 35 year old Mayweather.
0: I'm going to put it to you like this: if, well,
1: Can we take it like that? Yes. a 35 year old no, Crawford over a 35 year old Mayweather. My
0: then. statement is this: If Bud Crawford, the one we've seen recently and this past weekend, if you did a seven game series like the NBA against both Pacquiao and Mayweather,
1: I'm not saying he'd win the series. He wouldn't get swept. I'll just put it to you like no, that. He he wouldn't get swept. I don't like I. I like the Mayweather comparison more than I do the, the Pacquiao one because he's just he's just too. We
0: big. gotta ask Tim Bradley about that because he's I the think, one who said it three years ago. I actually think this guy could beat
1: Mayweather. People killed him for it, and I, I, I know I I thought he I thought he could too, and it made me. But I'm just the reason I'm pausing right now is is like because you're trying to think of the in their primes. Yes. right? What was Mayweather's prime? Uh, what, like their, oh was, my God. When he beat like Corrales and, and that stuff. Trio at, that. Was what was he at one thirty? Was he, okay, at one thirty. Yeah. So one thirty 130
0: to one thirty-five. Mayweather's as good as any fighter I've seen in person. He really was. Right. He was
1: special. So Crawford, I don't know if we can say his one thirty-five was. Well, his, that was his
0: first belt, but it's really at forty where he began. Yeah, his that's what I'm saying. At
1: forty, so maybe at forty. Is his prime? Oh God, or is it now? That's what's so weird. It's hard to it's hard to kind of figure. That's what I'm saying. And if he can do some business
0: at 54, let's revisit this conversation. Here's one from Ivan: The so-called great class of PBC welterweights are now retired or close to retirement. In other words, Porter, Thurman, Spence, Danny. Are they Hall of Famers? Mario, in my view, Porter's in the Hall of Very Good. Mm. Thurman's in the. What the hell happened to you? He doesn't even have a career. I'm sorry, just cut off. One I wouldn't time. vote for him. Uh, Errol Spence, I believe, actually would get into the Hall of Fame right now. And Danny Garcia, that's a tough one because his work at 140 was pretty damn good, but I don't know if he had a good
1: enough back half where I'd put the check mark next to his name. Yeah, he's borderline. He's borderline, and 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 so is Sean. I I, I like I like. Um, Porter a lot because uh, he wasn't a pretty fighter necessarily to, to look like, to, to look at, but stylistically, but he was effective in there. He gave everyone hell in all his fights. Talking about Crawford, yeah. that was a very, that was a tough fight uh, as well, mm-hmm. Um He's transitioned nicely as a as a broadcaster. Doing a great job. And he's a nice kid. I like him. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like you mm, mm, oh, gotta it, be elite. It's yeah, called the yeah, hall
0: yeah, of yeah, fame yeah. for the elite, not the hall of very good. Yeah. Um, here's a question from Arsenal, and I love this one. Does Bud Crawford remind you of Hagler? I'll say yes, and I'll tell you why. The ability to switch it, overlooked by the industry, tough, hard-nosed guy, um, was overlooked commercially, was kind of shunned. The ironic thing is here's the difference. One guy in Hagler had to go to Bob Arum to get what he wanted. The other guy had to leave him. I think that's the main difference. But in terms of their mentality and the way they go about their business, no frills, that comparison is not the worst in the world. I kind of like that one. I
1: like it. I have respect for that.
0: Here's one from Black Tower Radio. How do you see Bud Crawford measuring up to three of the four kings who fought at 47, which means
1: Hearns, Leonard, Duran? Look, I think he's a generational talent, and I think he would have been competitive. I don't know how victorious he would have been with all those guys. And obviously we're a prisoner of the moment um, right now, but I think he definitely would have been competitive against uh, all those guys. Dude, Hearns was dangerous with that long That length. That length. That, that length, length and that power. Sugar Ray Leonard, too, was a bad dude. Fast, strong, fought everyone in the prime. Duran went from lightweight to win a middleweight championship. I don't think enough gets said about Durant yeah. with the way he was able to, to, to uh, escal- uh, just to continue to, keep to climb that Keep this in mind ladder. about Tommy Hearns, who's
0: cursed that despite having a great career, unfortunately, and there's not a knock on him, his two biggest moments were Ray Leonard, he lost, and then Hagler. That's not a knock on him, but keep this in
1: mind. And granted, the one that he lost, that was a 15-round fight. He got knocked out in 14. Right. Had it been a 12-round fight? Yeah. I think he won that. Fight. Well, he's, a, that? he's
0: ahead of the cards. That's, That's what, what I'm we'll saying. Say. He's, he's ahead
1: on the and
2: cards. And the other thing about
0: Hearns. He won titles all the way to 75. Yeah. And in fact, against 75, he beat an undefeated Virgil Hill, who I believe is in the Hall of Fame. Mm. If you look at the amount of rounds that he fought, I think he fought tw- he fought 26 rounds against the great Ray Leonard. I've watched both fights numerous times. He probably won about 20 of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hearns is an he- underrated boxer. People do not realize it's not just punching here with that guy. Big welterweight, too. Big but I- I'm going to defer to the great... Doug Krikorian. I grew up reading him, and now he's a friend of mine. For the Herald Examiner, he went to all those fights that we talk about in the 80s and 70s. Still very sharp. I'm Going to meet up with him later this week for dinner. He told us last year at Phil Trainees, he said, Guys, Bud Crawford's the best fighter I've seen since Ray Leonard. And I said, wait a minute, better than Roy Jones, De La Hoya, Pacquiao? He said, yeah. And he called me this Sunday. He said, Steve, what did I tell you? Because I'm going to tell you this right now. Mm. He goes, that that guy could have competed with the four kings. Yeah. To me, that is the greatest compliment well, you can give say. any modern day fighter. And I finally, think definitely competed. From Carl Brandt. Where did Button Spence go from here, opponent-wise, assuming there will not be a rematch once Errol's people convince him not to exercise the rematch clause? Well,
1: assuming there isn't a rematch, I think Charlos um that well he was literally stopping and calling him out in the middle of the fight. So I think that would create the most hype. It has momentum yes. already. Um, it'd probably be financially the most rewarding. So I think Charlo makes the most sense. I'm more worried about Errol Spence.
0: I actually don't know if he should just take off a whole year from boxing and reassess the whole situation, get healthy, because he got banged up. Okay, let me And I don't want to be I, alarmist. I think
1: retirement may also be a good option. Okay, let me ask you a question. Because you said the rematch is, um, has to be immediate, correct? Yes. Okay, say he wants to take a year off, but Bud doesn't. Can Bud continue to fight yes. and then right. come back to the rematch? Because
0: I, well, there's, look,
1: you know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I
0: believe what I've been told and what I've read, most rematch clauses are immediate. It's not like we're going to face each other seven years down the road or after three fights. Unless it's
1: written into that contract, no, but one took generally a, one, they're next. One t- yeah, I understand, but one took a beating well, and then the other one uh, came away pretty unscathed. So could he continue to be active and yet this one oh, wait? Yeah. For an act, and then they could rematch so he doesn't mess it up. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm,
0: that, that could probably be negotiated. But Mario, if you're Errol Spence and you decide, you know what? I had a bad night. I was drained. I fought a great guy on his best night. I can do better. But I'm going to hold this off. I'm not going to do Crawford part two. If I am the management and the brain trust of Errol Spence, I actually make sure that, number one, I move up in weight. And number two... I'm getting the most soft guy that does not punch well and no movement. And if he has any quickness or reflexes, you're out. Not doing that. You have to be very judicious in rebuilding this.
1: In no, my I, no, I agree. If he's going to take that, I agree. No, regardless, actually. Regardless. Yeah, one, one
0: of the best jobs I've ever seen of rebuilding a fighter— was the job done by Buddy McGirt and Carl Moretti, the trainer and the matchmaker, who's now at top rank. Carl's a good friend of mine. When Arturo Gatti got blown out by Oscar De La Hoya in 2001, How's that that I thought Artur mm-hmm. was done. I said, great career, but it was fun. But what they did was, main events, they rebuilt them, and they were incredibly judicious in who they fought. And they extended that money-making for at least another five years. That's so, what, it, it
1: can be done, but you probably, have to have some patience. That's probably where he made his most money, too. Ironically, another example, too, when Marco Antonio Barrera got beat out by Junior Jones right. twice. Right. The way he was able to sort of pivot... And reinvent himself And have Those other great fights That was pretty impressive Mario, you know I think it goes To the character of the guy He too. went from being The biggest Mexican star Post Chavez To being on HBO And then he gets
0: beat twice You know his comeback fights Were on KCAL Channel 9 On forum shows hmm. So like That's a guy Who humbled himself and, and he actually Reinvented himself As a boxer puncher
1: No that's what best I'm saying Best job I've ever seen That's what I'm saying One of the best I've ever seen To come back Because those were pretty Those were brutal fights Yes
0: yeah. uh, Going on to final flurries On the three knockdown rule On UFC Fight Pass Uh a lot of stuff going on in the combat world. Give me your summation of UFC 291.
1: Before we get into that, we mentioned the Charlos a couple of times. Caleb Plant landed a nice left, or well, it wasn't even really a punch. It was like a left, a slap. Sp- left a hook slap. slap. It came with some heat, though. Charlo didn't respond, him I thought he was going to respond. <laughs> he looked, he got, it looked yeah. like my guy got a little buzz and competed to walk away, so Caleb is about, about that life. But is it me, or do these dudes always get in fights? Didn't Jared Hurd get in a fight like a few years ago? Jared did a funny video on that. And then... Uh, Crawford's calling one out. Like They then, seem like nice guys. The Charlo brothers, why they got beef with everyone?
0: Don't forget the Benavidez run-in.
1: Yes, that's what I'm saying. What's going on?
0: I call Jermall and Jermel, not Charlo. I call them the uh, <laughs> common denominator brothers. It's always them.
1: I know, but, I, I th- mean, I don't, but are uh, they doing it because they're trying to be... Are they cognizant of trying. it? Like they're trying? I think they are. No, I no, no, they're no not no. trying. They are being who they are. No, I don't. no, no, no. What I'm saying is, are they being who they are? Or are they trying? Do they think they're marketing and they're trying to set some uh, I momentum? For, I don't think it's marketing. You, you don't think it's. Don't you think know, it's, know it's, what I'm saying? When your own wives are getting into fights, the Charlo wives got into a, like oh, a that's skirmish. True. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. like, what is this? There comes a point. Look, oh, so that's just okay. Then that's just how they roll. <laughs> that's who they are. <laughs> and, okay. And look, you know what I'm saying though? I thought they might be trying. I go, okay, then that's just how they roll. going through a lot. He has not fought in over two years. Oh, so he's antsy.
0: Or depressed, because I've heard that the mental issues kept him from taking Canelo and his brother jumped in. And then he's going through a divorce now and he's got mm-hmm. like five kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, boy, you're going to be working hard for a long time here for someone else. Yeah. You're on your own kids. But so there's a lot going on. But look, I've known the Charlo brothers back when they were fighting on Golden Boy cards at Fantasy Springs and Ronnie Shields had both of them. What they were then is actually stunning to what they are now. They were the calmest, most subdued individuals. They were very polite, and I still get along with them. Mm-hmm. But there comes a point in time, some of it's all fun and games, but one of these days, something's going to pop off that goes far beyond just slapping. Let's just put it out there. This, and I'm glad Terrence Crawford at the press conference, when people were chirping, love what he said. He said, hey, guys, this is about us. This thing can get real hot and heavy real quick. In other words, let's not... Add to the stereotypes that people may have. Let's make this about two guys fighting. Let's not make this into anything more. And I think that helped calm it. Although five minutes later, he was cussing somebody out in the audience. But, you know, Terrence is very versatile. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So,
1: ironically, how they are has sort of helped them. Because now I'm asking to see the fight. Ha- yeah, <laughs> I-, I guess. I think so. Well, Mario would have. Oh. I'm not suggesting. But you know
0: what I mean? You know now what I-, I think people okay. want to see that fight. Yeah, but Mario, you know what actually helped? How about them fighting more? Hello. Anyway, yeah. uh, Mario. All right. So, let's go back. A summation, Mario Lopez's UFC
1: 291 report. Oh, man. Again, that was uh, in Salt Lake City over the weekend and um, at the same time as, as, as the Crawford fight. But I'll give you the last two. Great card. Like UFC does a great job with uh, just stacking the cards. Great, great fights. I forgot that Salt Lake because of the altitude. Some fighters were yes. struggling with um, uh, with the air being so thin and high up there. So the co-main event was Alex uh, Pajera versus uh, Jan Blakovich. Alex, who we last good. saw against Adesanya. Remember, he knocked Adesanya out. Well, first of all, he knocked him out in the kickboxing. He beat him twice. Then he beat him in UFC. And then Adesanya got him this last time. How this dude makes 185 is a mystery to me. Because he is a monster. six four, mm-hmm. and just... Like a beast. So he went up to 205. And then he goes in the ring that night or the octagon that, that night. He's like 230 something. How, I don't know how he made 185. And he says he can still go back down and make it. It's, I'm blown away. Anyway, he fought against the dude that beat Adesanya when Adasanya tried to go up yeah. to 205. Because these aren't weight classes, you know, just a couple pounds. They go from 185 to 205. So, And that, uh, Blockovich was too much for him, took him down. Adasanya was not competitive. He got blown out. This was a very close competitive fight, and Blachowicz tried to grapple with uh, Pajeda, which is not his strength, but he's gotten better since he's been working with Glovo Shara. But his striking is still—he does that nice little faint jab, and he does a little faint to the stomach. Comes up with his big left hook, buzzed him a little bit. It was a close fight that Pajeda won, and now he's number one contender for the two hundred five though, mm. which is ironic because Adesanya wasn't able to do that. Yeah. So if he's able to be double champion, that's that's really saying something. And he said he'd be willing to, to face Adesanya oh. again. Should he try to go up, that'd be uh, that'd be very impressive. So there was that fight. Then there was the rematch of Gaethje versus uh, your boy, Poirier. Gaethje, yeah. by the way, is half Mexican. Otale. His mother is Mexican, but then, but he looked like Canelo. He's all white and like a redhead, and his father's obviously a white guy. And I like both of these guys. Tough, well, just fundamentally sound just tough dudes. Both wrestlers, but both have heavy, heavy hands. And the irony was, there was no grappling. Gaethje won by head kick mm. in the second round, but it was, it was a barn burner up until then. Right on the dome, laid him out, um, and that's all she uh, and that's all she wrote. So now he's in line for um, uh, the lightweight title, uh, which will have the the rematch of uh, Makachev um, and uh, Charles o- uh, Oliveira. They want a thing called the BMF, bad motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. I don't even know why they have that because those guys are everyone there that's is, is fighting is a BMF. So it was a great, great card. The co-main and the main delivered. Yeah, and I guarantee you,
0: and you could tell me, there must have been at least. of that audience from the very beginning of the pay-per-view, correct? I'd say 95 to 100. Okay, because I I say that because I'm watching the pay-per-view at Coach JB's house. Uh, He threw an amazing barbecue, by the way. Now, I want to say something. I don't really care about the undercards anymore because I get it. So this undercard for Showtime started at 5 p.m., an hour earlier. The thinking is... The main event would get earlier. First of all, here's the thing. Um, As I'm watching the first two, three fights... They might as well be fighting in an open gym. Nobody is there. I mean, really? literally, nobody is there, even during Donaire's fight. And then Isaac Cruz, who kind of stunk it out, I, I got bored. There's some people there. Here's my question If you're going to start a pay per view at 5 p.m. Pacific time, but that main event, starts around 8:30, which is the same time as before what is the all you're doing is creating longer breaks so i'm going to ask you this question again mario are we better off starting those things once again at 6 p.m pacific and here's my idea instead of having three fights let's put more money into two better fights and just let's let's hurry
1: this up these I shows agree. take too long i agree Look, they're not going to be able to take a page out of UFC because all those fights matter at some point. Right. I get that because there's not enough money in the in the pot. But but at least, come throw us a bone. You got to at least have a co-main with some steaks or have a little more meat on it. Because yeah, otherwise nobody's going to roll in there. When was that last fight? The last fight I went to, that I was at the uh, was the Garcia Tank fight. Yeah, I was at the bar the whole time. I don't and blame you. I didn't you. roll in there. Until I don't I was you. singing the anthem. Okay, let's go.
0: I don't and blame I you. Go, you know, because Beck the bully was fighting Gabe Rosado. I saw him, but I was at the bar seeing it on the TV. Again, I don't blame you. If it was free drinks, I would have been there, too. But anyway, uh, Mario. Oh, I know you like free drinks. Oh, yeah. Uh, My bar knows that. Yes. uh, writers, writers and Actors Strike still isn't settled yet. See, I'm seeing
1: a lot of picket signs outside. Yeah. Dude, this is a serious thing. First of all, I don't think people understand that if this doesn't get settled, all their favorite TV shows, movies, they're not. They're gone. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care what. No, you like to watch some TV, Cam. No, 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 you watch some TV, no, 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 don't no, no, act. Uh, you like Game I, of Thrones. You like Back. You like some TV. you rap bastard. Don't I, be that. Salty. You know what show I'm
0: watching right now? Religiously,
1: Yellowstone. You like all those shows. That. I don't watch that. Oh, that's a great right show. now. The
0: current show that I'm watching, and it's just it's just such a great part of America. It makes me feel good. It is so wholesome. Walton reruns. God, yeah, they're, okay. They're a good well, family. guess what?
1: The Waltons need a WGA. That's what they're having right now. My oh, point you know is, whatever your show is. You're not going to get any of it. And they're saying the strike, which is supposed to last a month or two, is going to probably go into next year. So it's going to cripple no the industry. No one's budging? No. The issue is AI. So you can put it like, ChatGPT. give me a single dad, just got divorced, looking for love, finds a woman around Christmas, set in the Rocky Mountains. ChatGPT GBT brrr, comes out, Thing comes out pretty good. And then you just maybe make a little adjustment. So, they're just investing more money into that. Writers aren't going to have much of a leg to stand on. Actors don't have much leverage because mm. they're able to use their likeness. Ooh. So, it's 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 scary in the sense that... And now, all the only shows, shows they're shooting are the ones that are in the UK because they're in a different league. So, House of Dragon, all those shows that are in the UK or Latin America. They're just going to invest more into that. They're not going to give in. I don't think it's going to end well. And people are going to lose a lot of money in the movies. It's going to be crippling. There's no more cons, all those comic cons and all that no. stuff. No, that's going to be happening. Thankfully, my other shows that I'm working on fall under the news division. So I get to hang out there. And so does the radio show. So, you know, and then getting to do this fine podcast with you doesn't mm. get affected. Because you know why? They cannot replicate us. <laughs> they cannot. Uh, but it's a lot more serious If people who oh, I can't wait for the bear to come back or I can't wait for whatever your favorite show is. Guess what? It's not coming back. Whatever's coming out you were looking forward to next season. It's not coming. Mm. So if nobody's tripping right now, but you're going to be seeing a lot of the Waltons, a lot of classic shows. Good show. We're going to have to probably come back because whatever your favorite show is will not be there next year. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that, you know, for a lot of people watch TV, it's yeah, a big deal. They better learn how to code. Mario, sad day.
0: <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Rest in peace to Pee Wee Herman, also known as Paul Rubens. <laughs> No, that was not a good P.E. No, whatever. <laughs> that was
1: not. It. Remember, he's like, I'm trying to use the phone. Oh, that's not a bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. You know who gave Pee Wee Herman his start? Fun who, fact Who Cheech and Chong. That doesn't surprise me. They, they were in the Cheech. He was in the Cheech and Chong movie, Paul Rubens. That was his first acting gig. And then he ended up being in a few movies. And. I'll never forget an interview I saw with Eddie Murphy at his peak when he was like Beverly Hills Cop yeah. at his peak and they asked him who made you laugh and everybody got quiet cause and he kind of laughed to himself for a second and he goes you know what makes me laugh Pee Wee Herman I and he said him. that and I was like wow that's pretty cool I don't know why I remember because it was so random right he's like that dude just makes Pee-wee's me laugh Pee Wee's Playhouse remember that dude that was classic and he was so original, and, and he was 70 years old when he passed. I guess he was battling cancer. I got to interview him a few times, do his little dance with him. He was a really nice guy. He got busted in the yeah, in yeah, the movie theater in one day a while back, you know, rubbing one out. But what else are you supposed to do in there? What You know what I mean? Plus that's it's what it is. an gonna adult see, Exactly. Right. It's just privacy. You told me you know, people never bother you, so I figured, why are they bothering poor oh, Pee Wee? That's only it's during awful. the matinees, though. Come Dang. on, I,
0: I have a little bit of discretion. So Come rest on. in peace, Pee Wee. Um, I still remember one of my favorite hip-hop songs growing up in the 80s, Pee-wee's Dance by Joe Ski Love. Still play it when I work out, by oh, the way. What, yes.
1: What movie was he watching? It was an adult film. It was an adult film. What do you think? theater. In a, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah oh, that thing. I that was thinks... watching like a Mario Lopez no, movie. No, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. People have been known to do that too, but oh. I'm just saying that. <laughs> no, that's why I said the ones <laughs> that King watches them. out there. <laughs> uh, and, and Mario, final thing here. Uh, I heard you were Usher. You're doing some confessions. What? Oh my gosh. I <laughs> forgot about this. I'll make this quick. I, I went to confession. Um, all the Catholics out there know what I'm talking about for the first time in like decades. Cause I go, I go try to go to mass every week, but if I miss mass, I'll light a candle, say no. a prayer. I feel much better. Right. Yeah. Father Jim caught me slipping when I was in the, then he goes, Hey, when was the last time you went to confession? I'm not going to lie. I just, I'm in church to the priest. Yeah. I said, I'm gonna be honest with you. Father's been years. He goes, how long? I said, decades because I got to confess when I pray every night he goes well you want to confess right now I go well I wasn't planning on it but if you want me to I guess I will so I sat down dude I didn't know where to start I didn't know where to start well you can't just say I plead the fifth you can't plead the fifth five I plead the fifth no you're supposed to say forgive me father for I have sinned it's been however long I say it's been decades I literally said that since I last confessed I said I don't even know how to begin and then I took a pause and I was like damn where do I go where do I start um, Father, like, I'm right, I'm, I, I'm always late to the podcast. I'm never late. Um, I never read the email. email. I'm never late. Uh, I, 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 the, I I know the next he one. He should have gave me. He should gave me like a lot of extra blessings just putting up with your ass. I can see the next he one. one. I can that. see the
0: next one. You're at. I, I asked Anicia Estrada really prying questions. Prying questions. They were very, am very sorry about that. People
1: want to know. People want to know. You don't know how to have a conversation with a woman. That's why it's called journalism. When you talk to women, that's what they like to talk about. Okay, Barbara Walter. She lit up like a Christmas tree when I was talking to her. Hey. Anyway, no, she was so, blushing. All right. <laughs> once I got into it, then it was like the floodgates, and I just started like Hoover Dam. You were Hoover dude, Dam, and dude, I felt good. You did. I felt good. And so he goes, "Promise me this." He says, "I'll promise you'll come to confession at least once a year." I said, "You know what? I could do once, not, a once a year." Once a year's not bad. Once a year's not How bad. How long were you in there? The booth. I don't long. know. I didn't time it, Fifteen minutes, maybe. It's not bad though. It's 90s. not bad. So then he goes, "You know, one Hail Mary, ten Our Fathers." I go, "That's <laughs> not bad after decades." So I did that, and I was on my way, and it went uh, went really well. But you know what? Shout out to Father Jen. Got me to go to confession.
0: All right, we've had am I'm gonna pray for you, by the way. Pray for me. You know what? I, I don't have a prayer. But anyway, we'd like to thank everyone that made this show possible. Listen, if you wanna sponsor our show, Email info at boxbid.io to sponsor the three-knockdown rule brought to you by the UFC uh Fight Pass. We'd like to thank everyone that made this show possible and our special guest, Cinicia Estrada, Miss Superbad, was in studio. She'll be back, hopefully. Uh, and we'd like to thank Mario Lopez, my co-host, uh, Tim Fraser and Tino on the edit. So till next week, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>